and good evening. Love my name Hope Radio. Good evening. My name is Ryan Miner. This is a minor detail. Thank you so much for joining me on this incredibly cold winter January evening. So we're ironing out the kinks of this radio show. We have uh, not have a cons- we have not had a consistent schedule or a consistent theme. And I want to tell you my my idea for this radio show is to focus on Washington County news, but also include statewide news. Hagerstown News, and anything that I feel and deem appropriate and interesting. Uh, Content is king, and that is the way that we're going to do this show. Last week, we had a bit of a uh, a disconnect because I was at Larry Hogan's inaugural, and I was trying to go live, but it just did not work out because there was too much noise. And as soon as I went live, Larry Hogan came out and – he he came out and he said um, he made a speech at the uh, the, the inauguration and unfortunately um, I just couldn't go live. But nonetheless, I am here tonight and tonight was an interesting show because I had I did a little bit of pre-recording earlier this evening and the theme of this show is Hagerstown's most interesting man. Chris Abbott, owner of MyTech on the Dual Highway, and Chris has developed a mysterious, almost mystical complex in Hagerstown. And Chris has been around for a while, but everybody knows him through a Facebook persona. We've developed a show tonight around Chris's life, around his social media activity about around his viral sensations, his satire, his humor, and we talk about in depth Chris's perceptions on the city of Eggerstown and where he wants to take his business and really we dive into who Chris Abbott really is. On Facebook, he's my tech. He's Chris Abbott and you see these hilarious, sensational postings that he has, and he's sometimes a subject of controversy. He stirs the pot, and he goofs on a town that he that you will find out that he, he genuinely loves. But he uses humor and satire as a way to reach out and, and, and make light of often very serious situations. And we talk tonight about Chris's bio, how he got started into the computer business. I asked Chris earlier this evening about his online persona, his uncanny following, some of the controversies that he has created with the the city council in Hagerstown. There's a little bit of friction there, and Chris dives into it. And I asked Chris about his ideas and vision for the city of Hagerstown, and we had a roundtable discussion earlier this evening, with a group of guys that Chris calls his misfits. Great guys. Some of them that I have never met before and had an honor and privilege to meet and just sit around and shoot the proverbial shit. And it was fun. And I can say the word shit on online talk blog radio 
And hopefully I don't offend anybody, and if I do, then you just don't have to listen. So tonight, I am going to play a pre-recorded interview, and later in the show, I am going to include Chris into the show, and we're going to take calls, and Chris is going to be on the other line, and my phone number is 646-716-5971. Please wait until at least a little bit after 930 And if I don't get to your call right away, just hang on. But Chris will be here. We'll be here until 10.30. We extend it the length of tonight's show because I want to get Chris on the line with me live to talk about who he is, his sensational appetite for creating drama and hilarity simultaneously. So I'm going to play Chris Abbott's interview, and I want you to really consider – A couple of things as you listen, his background, his perspective, his ideas about Hagerstown, and you may come to realize that Chris is not the guy you thought you might know solely based on his online persona. Good evening. My name is Ryan Miner, and this is another episode of A Minor Detail. We are having a wonderful special episode this time, Uh, something that we haven't done before in the infancy stages of my show. We are here at the Hagerstown's most popular, perhaps Hagerstown's most interesting man, Chris Abbott. We're at his, yeah, that was Chris. We are inside of his office studio, his labyrinth, and we were surrounded by friends, uh, close associates, uh, happy wanderers inside of the the studio. We are in the back office right now, and this is an exciting interview because Chris has been a good friend for a good while. He was a big supporter of my campaign back in 2014, and Chris has this online persona that has always fascinated me immensely, and to have an interview with him is something of a it, it, this is going to be a creative process tonight and I, I really think you're going to enjoy this because Chris Abbott is someone whose, whose name you see online on Facebook in Hagerstown it's a reoccurring name and it's almost an entity Chris is a brand and he understands what it takes to build that brand build that opportunity for himself and to virally market and along the way Chris has run into some controversies and he has also um, done some great things for our community and so we're just going to dissect Chris and what his feelings about Hagerstown are, culture, and we're just going to talk and have a great roundtable conversation tonight. Uh, so I want to introduce Chris. Chris, thanks and welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. What's up, Ryan? Yeah, thanks so much. This is going to be an opportunity uh, tonight to talk about you. And um, you operate... Yeah, buckle down these nerves first. Buckle down these nerves. Tell me, how did you start this operation? Which And what is the... So the correct name is MyTech. Uh, yes, sir. And where are you located on the dual highway? Right across the street from the old Richardson's uh, restaurant, uh, right next door to Dr. Ten. Okay, so uh, what, 
give us some information to your life, your background, when how how this all started, what what your thoughts were when you were creating this uh, this business, and what it has developed into. Started, I guess, started way back. We didn't grow up with a whole lot of money, so kind of got pushed into the uh, uh, the work environment, working for ten bucks an hour, seventy hours a week. And uh, got hit with the, I guess, the, the economy tanking. Our bosses kind of like froze all of our raises, uh, held that bank slip above our head. And it was it was just too much uh, stress all the time, too much work. Where'd you work at, Chris? Uh, well, during separation agreements from those contracts, I can't mention okay. that, that facility. But, um, but did you grow up in Hagerstown? Grew up in Hagerstown, yeah. I moved okay. up here from, well, born in Baltimore. And then I uh, moved around for a little bit and then came up here. Dad settled in, works for the hospital, and then uh, I kind of just stayed. So, But as far as um, the, the shop itself, I got pinned between a rock and a hard place by being broke. So I just got tired of being broke, tired of the old guy telling me that I couldn't have a five-cent raise for my kid to get a, a red wagon for Christmas. Um, so out of desperation, I guess, what I did was... I jumped face first into the tech sector, which I already worked in in the past, um, and tried to create my own entity. And that was kind of like one of those things. If I didn't, if I if I wasn't a success with it, I was falling flat on my face because I started up with no money. So. So what was your business plan? You jumped into this. How old were you when you decided to go into business for yourself? I was what, twenty-seven, I think. And how old are you now? Oh. 28. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 34. You're 34. Okay. Yeah. Not many people go into business for themselves at 28. You're one of the few. You're one of the select few. My stepfather began a business when he was, tw- oh, gosh, 22 or 23. Um, three. People don't know what they're missing. No, they don't. Because my understanding is that you have a freedom a flexibility to run your operation the way that you want to run it, and you get to create, essentially, your own rules. Well, product, when somebody comes to me and entrusts me with their dollar, with an expectation of perfection, that's what I get. As far as uh, rules, regulations, guidelines, uh, personality differences and opinions of other people, I don't really give a fuck. So... As long as I turn that uh, dollar that they gave me into what they see as perfection when they get mm-hmm. their computers back, that's my main objective, and that's what keeps me going. Word of mouth just spreads like wildfire. When you started at 27, did you have a location like this picked out? Was this your first spot? Now, I actually got started. There's a, a good friend of mine named Chris Cheney. Uh, him and Raj Fairborn um, kind of coaxed me away from the idea of staying as a working-class slave. And uh, said if I got skills and I'm confident in myself, then put it to good use for myself. And uh, Chris had a friend named Ronnie that owned a building back on uh, Mount Etna. And he gave me the opportunity, no, uh, we call it security deposit. He was like, get in there and don't fail. And if you do, um, he wasn't going to hold it against me. And they kind of had my back for a month to get started. Uh, that way, because I didn't have any money at all, dead broke. So from that point there, 
Roger kind of guided me. And Chris uh, Cheney, his ingenuity is one of those things where I just took it as a uh, as a role model because he's he's grown up around people in business. So he kind of like coached me on my way to the uh, business licensing and and the the uh, legal aspects of things, and then kind of uh, helped me along the way in the beginning. And ever since then, it's just been one of those things where I figure if I don't stay up front and center, I'm, I'm going to fall behind. So that's why I'm always up in your face being loud. When you first began your business, did you have a business plan, a business model in place, a direction, where you wanted to take it from the starting point into years ahead? Well, my business plan was actually my son. Uh, he was just a baby when I started this. And I looked at it as I got 18 years to be able to pass something to him. Uh, while everybody else is looking like they can't find jobs, nobody wants to pay anything, people can't afford their own housing, people are losing their houses, I just wanted to be able to create something stable for them and only have myself to worry about to maintain it. So from day one, my business plan was to create something to hand to him, and that's where so far so good. When you first started uh, the business, I can remember you had viral marketing, signs everywhere. Signs. All the signs. And I think that that is where, in my mind, people started to know and figure out who you were. You saw these MyTech signs all over the place, all over Hagerstown. So trouble for that. Oh, Oh, my God. I'm sure the State Highway Administration was pissed. State Highway left me alone. Didn't even complain Really? Okay. Uh, The complaint came from City Council of Hagerstown. Uh, with the individuals telling me that I'd take them down and collect them, which, for the record, those weren't my signs. Somebody else put them up, and I didn't have anything to do with that. But uh, from the city council's perspective, was one of those people, I think, I forgot what the guy's name was, uh, but they told me that if I didn't have those removed, that they were going to charge me 100 bucks per sign in each location. We'll get into some of the, yeah, I'll leave that <laughs> the issues of politics. But I, I'm interested to learn more about you. You have a son, and how old is he? Son's 10 years old now. Okay. And you have developed this knack for technology. What got you interested in, in in the computer business? Obviously, it's a commodity. It's an enterprise that not many people understand because not many of us, I know myself, if you asked me to fix my MacBook, the device that we're recording on, I would have no idea how to do it. And there's a market for what you do, and it seems like in this community, in the tri-state area, and especially Hagerstown, it seems like that you have monopolized on that market. What say you? Well, as far as the the, the tech sector, um, the market, uh, the the marketing objectives that I came up with. Uh, to be able to get this business created and sustained, those are by, uh, I mean, just getting creative with ideas of, of without money, how can I make everybody else understand that I'm here? Um, as far as the, the tech and the education, uh, as far as the tech and the education, a um, long time ago when the aliens got me, I mean, they took me away, and I came back and started working on that's you know that's a cool story. It really is. So, 
And I, I'm looking around and I see all of this, you know, I see technology, I see sound equipment, I see lots of computers. I mean, this is this is your own self-created labyrinth back here. And I notice it, it, this is, I think, my understanding is you feel most at home here. This is your home. This is my safe spot, yeah. This is your safe spot. And a lot of the the things that go behind this place, it's not just me that makes this place safe. I got brothers all around me right now. You yeah, can you know talk about who's here in the room? So cool. you, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Yeah, okay, great. We'll pass the mic around. Part of Chris's band of merry internet trolls, um, Dwight Lewis, uh, lifelong Hagerstown resident, uh, Spent a few years at Frostburg State. I own my own internet atheist t-shirt company. Um, do a lot of activist work on the internet and here at home. Um, that's me in a nutshell. I'm Brian Parker, and I'm basically just no praise for trolling and things like that on on the internet. Well, hold on. We're, we we use the word trolling, and I think many of us know what trolling means, but. To some people who are listening, what is trolling? Looking for, really, a lot of it has to do with um, trying to. I, I try to help Chris get his name out, and I'm just say stupid things that'll get people's attention. Art, really, electronically getting underneath of somebody's skin is, is <laughs> how I would define it. <laughs> there was anything that's really annoying. If you've ever seen uh, an episode of the newsroom, there was a, there was a guy that works. It, it, the newsroom is an HBO show, one of my favorite shows, and he has to go in and troll, and he did a story on trolling, and he has to go in and talk negatively about one of his colleagues who happens to be a news anchor, and I think trolling uh, is a good thing and a bad thing, but it's interesting because the whole idea of trolling is to get people's attention. That's the point, and whether that be negative trolling, whether that be positive trolling, but as long as you have someone's attention, you can draw them in, and they will listen. And especially in a small community like Hagerstown, everybody pays attention because you know why? This community especially loves to thrive on drama. So we're going to go keep and continue of our group inside of Chris's back room here at MyTech Studios on the dual highway in Hagerstown. This is an interview with Chris Adams. Uh, DJ Norris 718, long-time friend of Chris Tate. Chris, Chris Abbott, uh, better known as DJ Tech. Um DJ, one of his misfits, brother from another mother, another, another color. You know, so, <laughs> supporter, big supporter of my set. My name is Troy, aka DJ Vantage. I am, uh, I'm working with, with Chris here at my tech studios, and I'm the audio engineer and producer in the house here. Yeah, this is, we have such a great group of people in here. We're missing one misfit of the Blue. group. Blue. We're missing Blue, who is a genius in the respect of video. Uh, Blue said, Blue did some personal work for me, and everybody just raved about the quality of the company. I think Blue's probably done work for just Yeah, I think Blue has done work for, for everyone. And where did you, Chris, tell, let's talk about, I know Blue is uh, missing from the conversation, and I don't want to take away from any of his words, but where'd you meet Blue? Because he's sort of like a, a fascinating character creature in, in this whole mix. Older Robin to your Batman. Yeah, he's residual. He, he when, I mean, you're talking about a dude from Hagerstown that is part of the like the entire scene from the very beginning. So he's, he's an OG. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. 
So he's like an old school producer, like when people didn't record way back when, when it wasn't popular. This guy was making beats at his old house up by, uh, up off of, uh, what was that, Long Meadow Road. Just from, I mean, I think I met him through my uh, two friends, Bobby and Josh, and just going to party at his house. So that was a uh, first introduction, and then it's just been friends. He's a talented time. guy. Yeah, I mean, He's really talented. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. He's crazy with uh, graphics design. Video work, editing, uh, photography. Yeah, he's pretty. He's, he's talented, that's for sure. His uh, company's taking off as well. He's doing a lot of work with uh, uh, badass raves and uh, local independent work with uh, different types of wedding events. And, um, his company is called Soul Labs Media. You can find him on YouTube. Uh, just type in uh, Soul Lab up in the YouTube search there. Chris, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Uh, to talk about some of your viral marketing techniques and not to give away too many trade secrets because it is sort of a you you created a a formula and you created a science about viral marketing here locally using several different entertainment mediums can you talk to your philosophy on marketing and how you utilize it for your company inside of a small community like Hagerstown well going back to uh, Roger Fairborn, he once told me that if I could create an accident in front of my store and get away with it and people knew I did it, then I would make money off of it because that attention that it draws, uh, if I could turn that back into people looking at the logo, that's business 101. Uh, so from that point, I started doing the, the work for, I had a few contacts that I was working with, some big heads with a couple people from up Camp David and, oh God, met people who work with Petraeus, a higher level execs out of D.C. that added validity to not only my quality of work, but the status of the people that were coming around my shop, which it gave me a little bit of headroom to be able to play as well as made other people look and become interested. So once that happened there, I created a page um, for nostalgic purposes uh, called You Know You're From Hagerstown When, and that was back when Facebook was a baby. I mean, for the, that was one of your first pages. That was my first page. Right and everybody remembers that page because yeah. I remember. I remember watching this page on Boulder Conversation. I just recently became acquainted with it. Yeah, it kind of went by the wayside now. As far as I mean, there's a billion of them. It's now. such a cool page because the the discussion inside the page is those germane items known directly to Hagerstown. We talk yeah, about they got some historic pictures on oh, there. Yeah. I'm talking about the stuff that I didn't even know was here. Like well, you know, my way cars. And yeah, my grandfather, uh, who is 89, he'll be 90 in July, used to work on the Western Maryland Railroad right over by the city park. My great-grandfather was born in Tawnytown in Carroll County, moved up here to work on the railroad. We are lifelong Hagerstonians, and there's a lot of pride and respect for this community. My grandfather grew up on Westside, and my grandmother grew up uh, just right over across the street on... Uh, West Washington Street, and I'm Hagerstown to the core, and we have a lot of pride in our community, and it seems like you have a lot of pride in discussing Hagerstown, but at times, Chris, I think you've had some people that have accused you of being anti-Hagerstown, negative towards this community, and you've there's been controversies created um, because of some of your online 
postings on Facebook. Well, talk that, to that. Talk that, about that. I think, well, it, going back to the virility aspect of things, once you can establish yourself as something that you can make money off of, uh, going forward would be through forcing people to look at relevant content based off of Internet trends. And when you're going, let's say, for example, on Twitter, you got hot topics that show up in your trending lists. We don't really have that for local demographics as far as Hagerstown. So what I was doing was utilizing a lot of the people around me and uh, analyzing the current events, had a couple of insiders help me out with some info, some intel, and I pretty much just force people to look at stuff. Um, and uh, Chris is being modest. What he's trying to say is he's amazing at networking. Uh, <laughs> it's true, and you've been developed an online persona that I think is untouchable, and you have a persona that everybody recognizes, and but also people criticize you. Well, the criticizing, are, believe it or not, are from the people that make their money off of the chaos that I exposed. Used to expose more, don't do it so much now just because I don't feel like getting shot up by gangbangers in Hagerstown, so, but, uh. What winds up happening in that circumstance there is yeah, I talk about a topic, get a whole lot of people collected, and then with the collection of people, they wind up digging down into stories that people, let's say, for example, in higher positions in Hagerstown, didn't appreciate being made public. So then I would get the uh, finger pointed at me from a specific post and get council members talking down on me and uh, creating those YouTube videos and Really, I mean, it's. It, it, it you don't really necessarily believe everything that you say. Everything I, I say you're, is true. Well, let's bring the conversation back to. Let me ask you this: You have a uncanny sense of humor, and that is seen and expressed oftentimes through Facebook, through the memes you create, through your social media engineering. And Chris, I have to tell you, there are stuff that you post on 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 Facebook that I sit and pass around and laugh at for hours. Hysterical. I mean, some of the things that you have posted make me literally drop dead laughing because it's so funny. I remember my girlfriend and I saw you post. Uh, it was back, I don't know, a couple of months ago, maybe early spring. You posted an attack hawk. Do you remember this? Yeah, he's our he's bird out there. You, you, yeah, the attack yeah. hawk. He <laughs> was real. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen because you said, I'd like to have an attack hawk that swoops down. I mean, it was, but people love it and thrive off of your hilarious sense of humor. Do you think that's how you build recognition? Well, I think what we've done, like, let's say, for example, with uh, uh, Nori's been in here late nights, I don't know, how many times have you been? Yeah, like, nightly. We're just sitting around playing records, having fun. Uh, but from... His perspective, his job is to be a public figure and to promote. So I think what, what winds up happening is we get players that are in town that have the same objectives, and instead of like working independently against each other, we kind of team up and then and 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 double team what what would be uh, less potent. So when we got a room full of players here, I know I mean I mean if you guys are on Facebook and listening to this, each one of these names that you heard in the beginning of the uh, the evening was some, and I know you know them. So, uh, the fun part of that is the uh, the compilation of everything. So, as far as like my name or how interesting I am, I don't know about all that shit. But the the interesting part is 
on an average day, if you sat in here, I mean, you see anything from politicians to crazy, retarded hobos that are trash drunk, <laughs> soccer moms to famous I mean, it's, it's, it's wild what comes through here. You know what's great is that you have no, it seems like you don't have a filter, and you just kind of say what's on your mind, and that has been a contributing fact. That's the fun part. It is the fun part, and you have, you can say things that people like myself want to say, but we can't say. Well, see, that, that's, that's in coining that if, if somebody's expectations of you can't get any lower as far as the thought process of how my brain works, but they know the quality of work that I perform when I'm, um, in my professional environment, it's a fuck the world mentality. I mean, I got like 15 minutes to live, and I, it, my time's going to be up with before I know it. So, like, abiding by other people's ideas of who I'm supposed to be, I, I give a fuck. I don't. You have a trademark satire on Facebook, and you you make fun of different people, different, uh, and, and, and it's all swirling around pop culture. But a lot of the times, you were talking specifically to Hagerstown. Tell me about your philosophy and satire that you use on Facebook to sometimes um, test the waters and drive, you know, drive it over the cliff sometimes with your humor. And sometimes people don't understand it, and they get upset about it. And let yeah, me give you, let me give you. Chris is really good at taking the things that people want to talk about but can't. And right. sensationalizing them to Chris the point pushes where the limit, and he can't can not talk about them. I mean, you you see, Chris has something to say about something, and you almost have to get in and give your two cents. I mean, that's how he and I became acquainted. It was more of a back and forth thing in the beginning. Yeah, so um, a, a neat thing too, because what we get, we wind up. I mean, think about this. We've got more friends that. I mean, we don't even know what to do with all the friends that we have because of Facebook. How many friends do you have on Facebook? Well, I've got, I mean, as far as, yeah, friends, I mean, true friends are different. Well, I mean, people who request you, I've seen your accounts before, and Uh, you've gotten shut down on Facebook before. I've had a total now of of 12 accounts shut down and 15 (laughs) Facebook accounts. I'm only on my second. Three of which they forced me to create like pages, which nobody looks at after. Who, Who do you think are the people reporting your stuff on Facebook? There's... Whoa. Whoa. And why? Why do you think people are reporting it? Is it, is it, is it a lot of people get the offensive? wrong idea about Chris. They have this idea of him pulling these stunts and doing these things for the pure sake of publicity. And I mean, you know as well as I do, you, you, you're well enough acquainted with him. You've been here enough times to know that the last thing that Chris needs is any more publicity. So... What he's doing is bringing up topics and, like I said, sensationalize them because these are things that need to be talked about. These are things that he cares about. So he's presenting them in a way that are making, or it's making people have to talk about it. But, but beneath the satire, there's a very care. level of, there's, there's care, there's commitment, and there's a deep level of intellectual uh, thought that goes into your positions and your ideas. And it's not, and if people... If you get people's attention, and you do, with your satire, with your Facebook memes, with your Facebook postings, and let's be honest, Chris, you love Facebook. <laughs> you love Facebook. You are on. What? So, how many times average a day do you post? 
Well, combined with everything. I mean, my phone stays on my hip. My computer's Photoshop stays open. And I'm kind of like always uh, analyzing what's going on around me, waiting for that little chime from my inbox with somebody saying, hey, somebody just got shot down on Franklin Street or stabbed by an old lady. That kind of stuff. I mean, it's, I don't like it. And I think a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll, I'll make fun of something that I actually care about and then simplify it to the point where you don't have to be an intellectual to understand what I'm trying to tell you. So let's say, for example, I don't like when people get shot. I don't like when cops don't care. I don't like when cops pull you over and give you a fine, but then never even chase down the guy selling crack, shooting people on the weekends. I don't like that stuff, but I'll make fun of it. That way, one, I mean, it lightens the load a little bit. Two, it gets people engaged to have uh, let's say, for example, you got a city council in Hagerstown that their job is to maintain the city, failing at their jobs, bringing light to that, bringing the community together to the point where instead of having, let's say, for example, local news, news agencies not reporting crimes, we all know it's happening because we all have our, uh, our huge clique that we work together with. And um, the stuff that comes across, I mean, if you don't know me, the stuff that you can read Let's say, for example, just dropping my my page would probably piss you off. But if you actually understand where I'm coming from, it's not that I hate Hagerstown. It's that I love Hagerstown and I hate the bad things happening to it. You want to see it refined. I want to see it. I, I I have a kid that we live in Hagerstown, so it's one of those things where if if we could change this place by using us, I mean, we're the ones that are going to be here later on when the old guys that run the show now are gone. If we actually put effort into it, I mean, we could change this place. It's not that hard. I mean, some of the things that are that are plaguing our city, as far as the no jobs and poverty-stricken housing everywhere, as far as uh, state assistance, federal assistance, uh, the prison systems, the people that just don't care. I mean, those problems. I mean, are 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 a direct result and a byproduct of bigger issues. Right. So if politically, I'm. I want to ask you about a particular controversy that was created uh, back in the spring of 2014. I think all of us remember the Clear Spring Flood. And oh, God. I almost got killed over that. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you did. And let me kind of lay it out. What had happened, we had huge doubt. Well, let me, lay, let me lay this situation out. And we had, we had massive downpours in Hagerstown. And Clear Spring suffered from a really, really bad storm that flooded their town that caused millions of dollars in damage. Chris, what happened? And tell the story. Same exact thing I was just saying about about making light, enlightening the load of a really shitty situation. So you uh, you had a city full of basic working class people that worked their ass off for next to nothing. Uh, with a, what was it, a storm that did that? Yeah, it was a massive downpour, a, a storm that flooded the town. And <laughs> yeah, these people, I mean, people were displaced. and Real families, real people. Real people. Real uh, EMS workers, the police all working together, making it work well. And let's just say that the recovery, the outpour from the community yeah. has been overwhelming and positive, and we band together as Hagerstonians, as people in, who live in Washington County, the thing that we do really well is that anytime there's a tragedy, anytime that there is a unfortunate event that occurs within this community, 
we band together so well every and healthy time. every time. Every time. But you did something that really upset a lot of people. Well, that, that, I mean, you're talking about the picture, right? Yeah. So Talk about picture, that. All right. You got the circumstances where you can't change it. And you got to accept the things you can't change. And fortunately, I didn't live there, but I know a lot of people that did. And uh, I guess it was like six beers after an evening after <laughs> work. I was watching TV, watching everything that was happening. Everybody was pissed, mad. I mean, it was... A shitty circumstance, so I was like, well, why not make people laugh out of it, you know what I mean? So out of bad judgment and uh, the alcohol, I guess, is a contributing factor, I just took the uh, jet ski and a, a boat flying through downtown uh, Clear Spring, which, after the fact, I mean, it, it, once I put it up on that uh, Hagerstown yard sale, I created that page a while back, too, and that's just nothing but drama. It's like 30,000 people. People went apoplectic. And yeah, they, there was people literally like, I'm going to come to your house. Can you talk about the backlash? I've seen it online, and even some of your most loyal supporters said, Chris, this was a misplaced photograph. That, this was that, a mis- that's happened more than once. That's one of right. those things where you take the good with the bad. Right. But I mean, when you're talking about like the the, the intent behind it wasn't to be malicious and uh, it was a benign it, attempt at I think at humor that fun. was really misunderstood at the time. I mean, I wasn't personally offended by it, but I could see how people were upset during a tense moment. Yeah, that was bad judgment. I mean, well, it, it, but I mean, you got people to donate money because it got the yeah. There's you a could, lot. It got it in everybody's it, it attention. Got, what I saw online concentrated a lot of uh, traffic onto the uh, the objectives of the people collecting money. Well, here's what upset me in this whole situation. You were one guy with an opinion, and you could you could make a case to say that you made a faux pas, that it was a mistake, and it was bad timing. Okay, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't something that was. Uh, done with an intent to upset or harm. We got to remember too that all five people that were pissed off, ten, twenty, fifty, hundred, whatever they are, there was a lot of people that found humor in it. And it, 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 as far as the the people that enjoyed the the chuckle out of it, the, the two second chuckle, I mean, it's not. The intent wasn't to hurt anybody. No, I don't think like, so. I mean, there was a lot but of people I saw, laughing and all that stuff, too. Everyone in this the circumstance, just because of the, the picture, how it was stupid. People inside of our room now, inside of the conversation, we saw the backlash. We saw the reaction from people. And I saw people say, I'm gonna, we're going to put this guy out of business. And that really... Oh, God. Yeah. And, and that pissed me off. At least do that to me once. And, and see, that right there really upset me because you're somebody who... Put something out there, and then people rush to say, well, "I'm going to put this guy out of business because I disagree with something that he did," and which I think is another bloated overreaction. Yeah, remember, they're, hyperbole. They're the ones that just at the end of the day. The I mean, really, it did much more good than harm. I mean, you had people talking about the situation that otherwise wouldn't have been, and um, I think subsequently more stuff got done on behalf of the people. Yeah, oh, Chris, that, that Chris public. actually inspired a. Uh, was it you did some fundraising, right? Is yeah. that? I mean, you you. What was the outcome of that? As far as fundraising, I mean, every time we've had a circumstance, usually it depends on who capitalizes on the actual fundraiser first and the legitimacy of the person right. uh, collecting the funds. Uh, but each time that that goes through, there's a couple house fires that we did the uh, fundraising for um, flood victims. We had uh, push traffic towards those pages. 
those are the parts that people don't see. You know, I mean, they're the, right. the parts where they, they get uh, the evening agitation and go out and they do the keyboard warrior thing on Facebook. But on the background, when I'm bringing light to a circumstance, I'm also filtering traffic and funneling it into a direction because right. it's pretty much just like leading sheep into a direction. Not saying people are sheep, but that's the nature of social media is to present content and filter people into Absolutely. specific spots. So Absolutely. Your job is to present new, invigorating, and readable content. And I know that in that situation with ClearSpring, none of that was done with ill intent. And, and, and it just sort of blew up. But you did apologize. Yeah, well, I mean, as far well, I, I don't think as far as apologies or something like that, I mean, if, if a picture pisses you off that bad, you need a hobby. Perhaps right? I mean, you shouldn't be on the Internet. I mean, the Internet's a, a crazy, crazy place. Most it's people that were affected place. weren't mad. They were actually so, happy about this. Yeah. I mean, there's it's more than just that circumstance there. There's been a billion different circumstances from that one is uh, more negative, I'd say, on the uh, the results of it. You've developed a, a somewhat interesting relationship with the Hagerstown City Council. The City Council, well... I, I, Let's talk about that. All right. Let's delve into... So, you have a relationship. Do you have Shout a... Shout out to the real mayor, Bertrand. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as a fan of Robert Brucci, all in this room, I can say that Bob, close friend, great guy, and if he runs for mayor again... All of us, you and I especially, will overwhelmingly support his campaign. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll use this uh, media platform that we got. People may not want to hear our opinion on Bob Bertschi, but nonetheless, let's talk about our current mayor and city council. Chris, what's your relationship well, with David Geisberts? Yeah, I mean, I met him in person once. He came to my shop right after you got You took a picture of him. And yeah, that's you, a real picture. That's a real picture. I thought it was fake. Yeah. I thought you Photoshopped it for Most somewhere. of my pictures are fake. That one's real. Yeah. So, so you, you had a picture of Mayor David Geisberts walk into your shop, and did he know of you before he came inside? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe it or not, I helped him out in his campaign, um, trolling both Richie and Geisberts at the same time. I was just under a different impression of him pre-election than post. So, I mean, as far as the, uh, the diversity in the nature, I, I like multicultural multi-level and, and, and uh, freedom of choice and sexuality and, and openness. I like variety. So when you have a fresh player coming up to the stage, new blood, I had some hope. You know, I mean, I can't lie. So along the way, one of the things that he didn't do, he, he ran a troll campaign against versus what he did, and stadium was a big thing that was happening then. Uh, the things that he didn't really do was itemize exactly what he was going to do once he got into office. I think it was his election was largely a result of the anti-stadium sentiment. The stadium thing was, was yeah. Uh, and we won't get into the stadium tonight. Yeah, well, that'll be an entire anti-establishment thing going on. Yeah, the whole anonymous thing was happening right. right then, too. Right? But my opinion is that once he did get into office, uh, I feel like it was a a bright awakening for someone who had no political experience. Obviously, well, I think he, they got a yes man is what they got. Uh, they do, and it's somebody who hasn't taken seriously the position of main mayor of Hagerstown. That is my opinion. Uh, he, The mayor and I have had some personal disagreements. He won't even look me in the face. Uh, when we're out in public, he literally turned... Oh, he called me a hack 
and a weasel. And and, and I think yeah, that Ken yeah, Buckley, and Ken Buckler, who's a good friend of mine, and we you know, and Ken was very diplomatic about how he handled it, but I wouldn't have done that. Well well, you know, the mayor has his own opinions. He's a very politically active, ideological type of person. He's heavily involved in democratic politics. And let's face it, Washington County is an overwhelmingly Republican district. Yeah. And well, we, from his perspective too, I mean, to, so it doesn't sound like I'm like bashing him. Personally, from a non-political perspective, I know people that know him say he's the coolest dude on the face of the earth. I, I, I haven't seen that. With Dave and. Um, I didn't form an opinion of him one way or the other. He was just kind of a... He went to North kid. High, is that correct? Exactly. Okay, and he's not a bad guy at all. And and I I'm not I don't really even know if I am qualified to say that because I don't know him personally. Yeah, me I, I really don't. But There's what I do know, when you're the mayor of Hagerstown, you have a responsibility... It's a huge weight to have. I mean, if you look at it, Brucci had, what, eight, 18 years behind his belt with this? Yeah, Bob Brucci was a very well-connected... Uh, Long-time mayor of this city, and he knew the logistics. The people. Bob knows the insides and outs of local government. Yeah, I mean that's, that's and still does, and he's still yeah embedded with the people that are running the show. He is, and what David walked into, Mayor Geisberts, um, he, I think he, is a little bit in over his head. I, I'd say. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where. I guess the excuses from their perspective is there's only so much you can do as a politician. Right, and he's going to say that you and I are making a podcast and we're hating on him. That's his famous tagline, stop hating. Well, you know, Mayor... Defriend, defriend. Yeah, yeah defriend. Mr. Mayor, and I made a joke about the mayor of Hagerstown on Election Day, and the mayor, it's widely known that the mayor does not like me personally, yeah, and, oh, he does not like me. He actively rooted against me. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. The mayor saw a sign in one of my... I, I won't mention who this person is, but uh, a person who is a business owner in downtown Hagerstown had one of my campaign signs in uh, the front office window. The mayor approached this person and said, you might want to think twice about that. To me, as the mayor of Hagerstown... That's beneath your position. And he uses his social media account to attack too, private that's, citizens. That's to, it, the position of a mayor in Hagerstown is to represent the people. It's not to he really has a personal n- objective. Well, that's the point. And he, the mayor really has less power than what does the city council. The weak mayor. He's the fi- yeah, he's the figurehead for the city of Hagerstown. And, but you, he came into your shop... Can you talk about that experience? Because I don't remember exactly what happened with that. I, I know it was a direct result of the. Uh, it came in with something anti-Semitic, and then he just started. <laughs> <laughs> and he just started tossing computers. But it wasn't. It wasn't a milestone moment for you, was it? It wasn't like well. No, I'll tell you. Looking back, as far as I mean, as far as a kid, I'm a kid. As if I'm not the same age. A, a young person coming in here saying I run Hagerstown. I mean, is it, I mean, is it, it's impressive. He said that. No, no, no. I'm saying that's an impressive feat that he accomplished okay. as far as getting elected. But as as far as the uh, the impression value, I had a circumstance happen when I was at an old shop's location back on Mount the Road, mm-hmm. where a dude came into the shop, sat down, and shot the shit with me for probably about 45 minutes. I didn't even know who he was then. Um, started talking about the the sign policies and and how he disagreed with the city council as far as how one can uh, promote their own small business. 
and he really, it was a person that, that allied with me before I even knew that he was the mayor of Hagerstown. He came up front and personal without even saying, like, hey, I'm the mayor. He just came in as, as a friend, which he is now. And uh, Who was that person? That was Bob Ritchie. That was the first time I met him. And uh, he actually took uh, the circumstances that were happening with those little signs that I was popping up, uh, that somebody was popping up that weren't my signs, <laughs> all over Hagerstown. Bob has called you out before on social media, right? Yeah, all the time. Well, this this one, though, he actually went back to the council and argued on my behalf and had that letter that they sent me with the threat of fines terminated because he supports a small business that's local like himself. So you developed somewhat of a unique, rocky relationship with Hagerstown City Council. Am I characterizing that correctly? Well, I think they don't understand me. Is what, I mean, Have they tried? No, I mean, as far as city council's uh, uh, relationship with me is strictly monetary. They robbed me of my taxes every year. So that's <laughs> the only thing they've... Aside from Bob Virtue, the, the rest of the city council has took a really negative attitude towards me, which has helped me out as far as uh, a following. They've when they, when they attempt to troll me and say, don't be his friend, the first thing people want to do is go to my page and figure out Why? what I'm posting. Yeah, so it kind of worked against them. Uh, as far as the relationship, though, I think they took hearsay from a whole lot of different people and then kind of like funneled it down to blaming me specifically for all of Hagerstown's problems. When I'm here talking to a dude that's, and my, my criminal record contains a traffic violation from a fucking speed can. Virtue. God damn it. Yeah, thanks, Bob. <laughs> but uh, as far as the rest of the council, I mean, you're talking, I don't really know any of them. Yeah. So as far as uh, I do, I know a few of them. I know well Councilman Metzner and Al Shire, and they're both great guys. And I think that they. Do you think that the city council just has a misunderstanding of who you are and why you do and say the things that you do? Because they may interpret it as you are downplaying Hagerstown, you are putting down the the good well, work. Let's, let's let's be realistic here. Um, as far as Hagerstown, what you're working with is, I mean, what, zero small businesses downtown, uh, heavily infested with... Well, there's, there, is, there is small businesses downtown, but... The ones that are there are impressive. Uh, I'll give it that much. As far as the uh, the ones that have been able to retain... You know, you have High Rock, you have some great restaurants. Yeah. Twenty, My friend Jay Zuspan, who owns 28 South. That's some photographs. She's yeah, oh, Melanie Anderson yeah. is fantastic. My friend Monica Workman, who owns a photography store downtown... You have High Rock Studios. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a big company, and you have um, the, the yeah you do have a lot of bail bonds. And <laughs> so well, let me ask you this, Chris. And what do you think? Well, if you, if you if you take the core, the, the the businesses themselves. I mean, you're you're watching them. But you're not in the core. No, I'm not in the core. Why aren't you in the? You. you don't want to be in the core. No, because I mean, you got you got a. Uh, I mean, you, let's admit it, there's a, a clicky mentality with the people that are in the core of the city of Hagerstown. They're all friends. They all work together. Nothing wrong with that. It's just one of those things that's... Well, what do you mean by clicky? Survive. Because, you know, some people would accuse me of being a Hagerstown establishmentarian because I belong to, let's just say, the Hagerstown Rotary Club. Yeah, the Illumina. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, the Illumina. Or, you know, I belong, you know, like the Chamber. You remember the Chamber, right? I am. Okay. Do I you... I don't know if I paid my dues I think that I saw the sticker on your front window that you are a member of the chamber. Yeah, I am. Okay. Um, if not, I'll send you a check uh, like 
Monday or something. You probably should. You yeah. can just give it to me. I'll drop it. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that these organizations, I think, Chris, if you approached them and you said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to grow my business, do you well, think that I mean, they would be susceptible to that? I have my brothers. I mean, I'm talking the the people that I have around me aren't the same clique as what they have, but I do have my people. My my people that come through here all the time, they know who they are. I mean, you're talking about uh, they make me showing up to work worth it. It's like my friends being around me all the time, and we all talk together, all promote together, and we kind of stay away from the whole Hagerstown thing. If if let's say for example, if they said, hey, Chris. You got free rent downtown for the next five years, and uh, and a signing budget for, or I'm sorry, a signage budget to be able to promote yourself down there. That would be a slow death for my business. There's no parking. A person can't park on the side of the road and get out and bring their computer, and it's just not, it's not a uh, very uh, user friendly down there. Not to mention after six o'clock, you're talking about the uh, the creepy crawlies coming out. And, uh, I mean, the, the the whole thing when, I mean, if you think about it... You often use the term hobos. Hobos. Well, hobos are different. They're actually pretty cool. I got, like, a... You have some living out back, some, right? Out back. He's got a tent. And then you got the whole <laughs> tent city thing over here in the woods there. They leave me alone, though. Every once in a while, they'll come up and ask me for, like, a 5, 10, 15 bucks, and then... A free I'll computer? Give, I'll give it to them, and then they'll walk away texting on their cell phone, but... And then ask you to fix it. Yeah, and then come up, yeah, yeah, that happened, actually. But um, <laughs> getting back to the core of Hagerstown, what you got going on down there is something that, in my opinion, I don't think the city council is actually interested in correcting Hagerstown in the way that we would see Hagerstown being corrected. And you think about it, you got federal budget funding the majority of uh, housing for the individuals that are down in downtown Hagerstown. That means the landlords get paid. When the landlords get paid, the city collects the taxes. The taxes go into their budget. And they come up with crafty ways to rape us little guys by speed cams and cops pulling you over for stupid shit and writing you $200 tickets. And I mean, they're making their bank. Well, let's talk about your relationship with the police. Do you have one? And that's the same thing as the city council. Like, it's, I don't know him. Well, I do know there's one guy, uh, Lieutenant Wright. He came in here to get his computer fixed one time. That dude was cool. I mean, he was straight up legit non-corrupt. Just one of us. I mean, a regular old dude. As far as the rest of them, I had kind of a bad circumstance happen one time, which gave me my bitter taste in my mouth. We were up at an uh, unnamed restaurant here in Hagerstown, um, walked outside. We were, we were actually taking my cousin out um, for one last drink before the night before he went back to Iraq. So we wanted to kind of let him ball, let him talk to the chicks, pay for his drinks, pay for the chicks' drinks, have a nice night, and then in the morning he was going to pack up get back on the plane, and God knows what happens once he goes over there. And uh, Aaron, thank you for your service. Um, as far as that night, though, the reason why, like nobody ever asked why I, I have a bad, bitter taste in my mouth about cops. It's not the job. Well, I guess it is when they're trying to take money. If they're enforcing policy for money and not protecting with a, by fighting against crimes with victims, then it irritates me because that, that becomes, their job becomes political. But as far as my better taste in my mouth, what happened, uh, we went out, had the whole night that was awesome, uh, cashed out our tab, walked outside, and a uh, dude confronted me in front of me. Um, next thing I know, I had four guys jumping over top of my back. And These were police, is that correct? Well, these guys were just 
guys from the bar. There's a group of like 17 of them, and they pretty much banked me. They, they had people that were coming out of the restaurant that worked there to try to help. Uh, one got knocked out. The other one got thrown into a curb, had to go to the hospital. And my wife got kicked on the ground, and I'm watching a grown dude kicking her in her side to the point where I'm having to try to get on top of her. Meanwhile, I'm getting choked out by another one that pulls me back. I'm damn near a blackout thinking that I'm okay now because I thought what happened was the security guard came and got it, was trying to break us up and misinterpreted what I was doing on the ground. So once once that happened there, I'm realizing this dude keeps choking me and choking me and choking me tighter. He was, he was out for blood. And uh, the last thing I remember was looking up at a cop watching the circumstance happen. I was, it was kind of like one of those things where it was the, 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 the failure of your protector, I guess. is That's where the, it hit me in the gut. Still wasn't the biggest thing that happened. You often post pictures on social media about police officers watching you, or there's an there's a kind of a funny story around that, and you post them and sitting across the street in the wow. parking lot. Is that real, Chris? Well, I hit that in a second. The, <laughs> last, the last part of this, though, they had eight dudes in uh, in straps up at that restaurant, and the uh, one guy says, "No, no, no, no. Our lieutenant's inside. Go get him. He'll take care of it." The lieutenant comes out, they unclip all the little uh, plastic things off of their wrists, and let it let them go. Let them drive away trash drunk. Next day, we went down to um, the police department. Uh, chief at that time told me and my wife, boys will be boys. Had no notes, no records, nothing. It was just one of those things where that's, if people wonder where that bitter taste came from, that's where it came from. And uh, I don't think that's going away. As far as the idea of us needing police, I mean, that's self-evident to maintain culture and society. Rules must be enforced, otherwise you have chaos. But you obviously, you obviously support the Hagerstown City Police. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. It, 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 without, I mean it, imagine without. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the right, and I think we have a great police captain. Uh, we, have, we have great people that do extraordinary work that often goes unseen, and these are unsung heroes that are Most of it, yeah. patrolling our streets every day. But, um, you, but you've also developed sort of a, in my opinion, not a resistance, but a, a general sort of civil libertarian well, approach. Duty. That's actually our duty. I mean, right. it's one of those things that's forgotten. When you're talking about a, a democratically elected representative republic, that's only maintained by resistance. When, when you allow that to go down forward, to the old argument, who's the better patriot, uh, he who goes along with the status quo or he who fights to better the status quo? I mean, do we go with the herd or stay with the pack? I mean, that's the the, <coughs> the lifelong sort of, yeah. Or you could go out on your own and let other people form their own opinions about you and either side with you or not. Right. I mean, my job isn't to make friends. I mean, it's to fix computers. So... But your job has become so much more than that. You are a cultural icon in Hagerstown. A lot of a lot of people well, that are younger. A lot of a lot of younger people. You know, I, I don't really want to watch the news necessarily because you get you know it's all one sided. But you can go on a site like you know Chris's Facebook, and you can have a guy like Bob Rucci talking, yeah. and you can have a twenty year old who's opinion actually matters. Well, let's think about that for a second. When anything happens that is a breaking news in Hagerstown, let's let me let me print, let me put this out there that a lot of people go to Chris's page. 
they will. They will go and check because Chris, he's sort of like a police scanner. He's a human police scanner. He has 24 hours. 24 hours. I don't know when you sleep, but you always have the latest and breaking news. You always have the latest breaking news in Hagerstown, and people go to your page, and your threads become sometimes like 100 people, 100 people commenting, 150, and you have a conversation, and it, it just goes on and on and on. And sometimes you tag a lot of people. Sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I always get tagged. And I think that, and that's part of your viral marketing strategy. You're right there. This guy, one thirty one thing you can piss him off is the tag. Because I know once you tag, like my notifications, he just oh had a woman God. threaten to, yeah. to call the police on him for tagging her. <laughs> like when he, he tagged yesterday about this, with, uh, about the show tonight, yeah, and he tagged me in, it and I'm like, oh, here you go, Chris tagging everybody, and they mom in these posts. Like, what the hell is going Have you ever thought that? about unfriending Chris because of the tag? We are back to the program, and we have. A few callers calling in, and Chris Abbott, the man of the hour who we just did a great interview with, should be calling in. And I have two callers on my soundboard. I'm going to patch them in, and if Chris is there, Chris, you can just go ahead and talk. So I'm patching in some callers. Hopefully this works. Caller, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, hi. This is you are on a minor detail. This is Ryan Minor, and soon you will be joined by guest uh by Chris Abbott and caller, can you state your name? Ian. I'm sorry, who? Ian. Okay, Ian. What's going on, Ian? Oh, nothing much, man. I'm just here riding through down Dual Highway here in the beautiful town of Hagerstown. Yeah, with my buddy Josh in the car. We're just okay. calling in thank- um, trying to figure out why me and him bust our ass 60 hours a week, and we still trying to figure out why we barely get by, and we pay, we still have to pay the state of Maryland more taxes than we should. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a great question. Uh, Chris, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. Okay, Chris, you have some callers in now, and... Caller Ian uh, wants to know why he has to bust his ass every day, which many of us do, middle-class people, and he has to pay out taxes to the state of Maryland way more than what Ian thinks he should. Chris, I'm going to let you take the floor, and you can speak from the perspective as a small business owner. Well, from uh, first things first, the tax laws are created by – Lawyers, which are businessmen. Uh, So when you have a business, um, everything is all about maximization of profit and uh, uh, minimizing um, uh, costs and loss. So what they do is they either pay the lawyer, like businesses will pay the lawyers to be able to create the tax laws for the businesses uh, to benefit the businesses, and uh, that's where you wind up with um, the paychecks that look like five bucks after you work seventy hours at ten bucks an hour, which is next to nothing already in Hagerstown. So when you got the big businesses making the rules for themselves, 
and then you happen to be working for the big businesses, that's where you realize you're being raped. So welcome to Maryland. Well, my number is 646-716-5971. We are on the line with the man of the hour, Hagerst whom I deem as Hagerstown's most interesting man, that is Chris Abbott, owner of MyTech. Chris, we had a great interview earlier, and I think we had a lot of we had a lot of fun doing it. We had a great group of people, and do you agree that uh, you are somewhat misunderstood to the public? And the way that we we talked tonight was a way for people to really get to know who you are, the real Chris Abbott. Yeah, I mean, I mean. It's it's one of those things where I mean I can see how they would misconstrue who I am uh, based off of the shit that I post online all the time, but I mean in reality like the differences between the way I'll regurgitate uh, the trending topics that are going on mm-hmm. and the way that I really think and act and my actual personality is a completely different person. So it's one of those things where a lot of the stuff you'll read online is a byproduct of things that I'll analyze on uh, the the news feed. Chris, so, we have a caller coming in, and I'm going to patch them in, and they are dying to talk to you. Uh, Hi, caller. You... Hello, caller. And the way that I Hello. Think and Can you ask. please turn Hello? down your radio? A completely different person. So it's one of those things where... Hello? Yes, caller, please turn down your radio. Hello, yes. can you hear me, yes. Brian? Yes. yes, I can hear you. You are on a minor detail with Chris Abbott. Hey, buddy. How are you? This is Chris Cheney. Hey, Chris Cheney. How are you? <laughs> what up, Good boy? Good to see you. <laughs> hey, I'm good, buddy. How are you? Hey, uh, good. Thanks for calling back in. Hey, first were... and foremost, I just wanted to let him know that he's a sexy motherfucker. That's oh, just putting my. that out there, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm sorry. the thing with online radio is he that knows we, with online radio, we can use these words, and I'm assuming uh, no children are listening in. So, Chris, what's going on? What's on your mind? Well, my concerns on two topics Chris touched on, um, one being the downtown business deal. Um, you know, they, they keep talking about they want to offer these programs to move businesses downtown. We're currently one of those businesses looking for somewhere to go. And what is your business? And, I'm sorry. Oh, we uh, we wrap vehicles, precision signs and wraps, you know, signs, but we mainly wrap okay. vehicles, motorcycles. But um, we're gonna look yeah, if you if you guys have seen that uh, Scrap Daddy's uh, uh, truck that he wrapped, it's excellent work. Well, I tell you what, my company, Cumberland Valley Heating and Air Conditioning, located on Bower Avenue in Hagerstown, Maryland, we we're we're actually looking for a. I don't know what that sound. I don't know what that sound is. Somebody needs to turn it down. Anyway, we're looking for a wrap, so we'll keep you in mind. Um, is there? An, there's another caller on the line. Is Ian still there? Yes, I still am. Okay. I think we have some interesting feedback. And, uh, whoever has that thought, you got to turn down your radio. It's not gonna... Okay. Hello? Yes. Is this there Ian? Chris. I uh, think you I think you hung up. This is Chris. Yeah, this is Ian, I got you. Hey, my question would be as far as the safety downtown. We look at the places downtown. And I'd like to get Chris's views on some of the things city council could do to actually 
honor what they say they want to do as far as getting businesses down there, but first and foremost, they need to make it safer. Three of the places we went to look at, two times, as soon as my wife got out of the car, she was being harassed by thugs. And, you know, they, they, they're trying to run all these programs to get businesses down there, but they're not moving a lot of the trash out of there to make us feel safe enough to move down there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I kind of side with uh, Mayor Geisbridge with this to welcome war and just trash the whole thing, start over, you know what I mean? <laughs> Urban reconstruction by starting with every building. <laughs> I mean, in reality, though, it's one of those things where I wouldn't want my wife going downtown with the uh, the news stories that are happening of, of shootings and stabbings and rapes. and I mean, it, it, you name it, it happens down there. But in, until that's corrected, there's no way that I'm going to ask her to do a favor for me by dropping something off downtown to get fixed. Well, Chris, I want to say telling this. her to go down there to pick something up. It's just I want to say that we, that Chris, Chris, we have a we have a city council, we have Mayor Geisbergs, and we have what I think is a terrific police force. And I, I we're trying to revitalize downtown. And you made a comment earlier. This evening, while we were taping our show, that you would never move your business into the downtown core. Can you talk about that just further so we can understand your perspective of why you just don't want to bring your business into that downtown, down core region? Well, let's say, for example, they gave me a brand new building and they said, You got as long as you want to rent free. Rent is one thing as far as coverage and that uh, is something that I have to to worry about when I'm at my current location. Uh, but in a downtown location, the traffic that goes by is 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 tunnel focused. So first, people aren't looking around to shop down there. Uh, second, as far as the convenience factor, I mean, you you got a parallel park in a place that's it's no bigger. Than, I mean, you can't get a truck in one of those places. Uh, just to be able to wait for the traffic to pass when you got to get a thirty-pound computer out of your car—it's just—it's just not feasible as far as um, if you imagine an old lady or a man that could barely walk, which I get in my shop every day. They're not going to want to park down there just to come out and risk danger just to get up to where I'm at. So I guess the uh, the logistics of of the way that the city's constructed. In old school times where there wasn't so much traffic and there was uh, no malls, no outlets to go to, and no peripheral areas to shop or get servicing at, that's where the uh, downtown core was was thriving. Now it's like one of those things where housing and uh, Section 8 and drugs and, and, I mean, gang violence and and I guess it's it's kind of like a collecting pot for prisoners now that get out and then they meet somebody in Hagerstown. They well, Chris, kind of land you know, and never leave. Chris, as you know, that the the, the uh, chief of police, Mark Holtzman, in Hagerstown recently said that we're not going to allow prisoners that uh, yeah, are released yeah. from. Yeah, and I think that that's a, an important that first step. Good, we're not, but if you. That sounds good, but you, you got to remember, Britchie put that policy in way back when. So that's just kind of like like repeating something for PR perspective that sounds good, but there's no real uh, teeth to it. So like paper tiger is what it is. Right. My number. So, 
My number is 646-716-5971. Again, our number to call in to the show tonight is 646-716-5971. And we are on the line with Chris Abbott, who we did a great interview uh, earlier this evening. Chris, can you tell who was, can you tell us who was in the room? Because we had a great uh, roundtable of people. Well, we had um, uh, DJ Nori. He's one of the uh, DMV's premier DJs. Uh, Vantage, he's been all over the United States spinning records as well. He's doing a lot of the uh, audio engineering work on the second half of my business, which is the uh, uh, audio recording studio. Um, we also had... Um, oh, sorry about that. We had uh, Dwight Lewis in there. Um, man, this is horrible. We had Dwight, and he's uh, kind of like a troll, just like me. We go playing around on the web every night. Yeah. And then we have Mr. Parker, and we're all just like good friends, you know what I mean? So yeah. we all support each other. Speaking of friends, Chris, we have another caller uh, who is calling in. I'm going to patch them through. we got quite the calling list. Uh, caller, you are on the air with Chris Abbott. This is a minor detail. Hey, Chris, this is Dave. Hey. So with the op- – this is a little off topic from what we've been going on, but with the opening – of the new range at Hendershots, how do you feel that Hagerstown will become towards the 2A population that's in it? Well, something that I was actually working with, um, one of the people that worked down at Hendershots, was actually utilizing that that range that they have opening up um, to um, offer uh, local business owners um, classes for uh, understanding Maryland uh, gun laws as far as the capability of the building owner um, carrying within his facilities, as well as educating the people that when they run a business, in, even in Maryland, um, the capability of carrying deadly force or carrying a deadly weapon to present deadly force when met with deadly force is something that we all have a right to do uh, legally within our businesses. So with their facility down there, the cool thing is we now have a place without driving 45 minutes or having to go on private property or uh, become a member of a club to, one, um, refine our, our our capabilities with our weapons. Uh, we also have a place where we can collect the local small business owners and educate them into the circumstances of saying, hey, that guy that comes into your shop, when he presents a weapon against you, return with deadly force. I mean, there's no right. reason to sacrifice anything we have. In, in turn, what that'll do is that we'll secure our city. And, it, I mean, if we have criminals out here that are looking to steal from us, um, then if we if we fight back um, and we're trained in fighting back, those are those things that will definitely deter crime. And uh, with their, their venture to build that facility down there, I think that's a uh, a great service to our community. Chris, we have a two – if you remember last January, I brought a guy into your shop who was running for governor. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was about David, a year ago. I got that. Yeah, David Craig, and we, we talked about the Second Amendment. Now, David did lose in the primary, but thankfully we did uh, elect a Republican governor who I believe will be much more favorable to – uh, Western Maryland interest to the Second Amendment, and one of the main priorities among many people in our state is to repeal SB 281, which was the the outlandish 
just re- absolutely overreactionary gun bill that was passed by Governor Martin O'Malley and a massive Democratic legislature in the state of Maryland. And you know, you're you're a gun owner yourself. You have a a, a weapon, and um, you know, you're somebody who uses it responsibly, obviously. And uh, you know, the, the Hendershot's range, I think, is an important going to be another great important piece of our community because people will be go will be able to utilize that range and hopefully be more informed, be better educated on how to use a firearm to fundamentally protect themselves and their family. I can't wait for my range time. I can't wait. I, yeah, absolutely. Um there was a question for you, Chris, um from Saeed, I think we both know Saeed. Um, yeah, Saeed's awesome. Yeah, he is. What up, Saeed? Uh, yeah, he, he's actually not on the line, but he wanted me to personally ask you that as a businessman, you're into making money. But what do you decide – when do you decide to draw the line and go and spend time with your family? Well, that was one of the things – That's man, that's an awesome question. Um, I actually – Chris knows a guy, uh, Chris Cheney knows a guy as well named Tony. Uh, he told me a really important thing when I was first opening my business. He said, you're going to have, um, uh, the business is going to do what it does, but the one thing you're not going to have after doing all the stuff that you're doing is time. So that was the one thing that I remember uh, uh, him giving to me then, uh, which now I understand. It's kind of like one of those things where, my work ethic will I can work until four o'clock in the morning, pass out and then wake up at six and then just keep it going seven days a week. Um, as far as the separation of time, what I've done is actually cut dry. I've had to force myself to know that five o'clock comes around, unless I have other engagements or responsibilities, it's time to go home. So I have to cut it off at that point right there. Um, and as far as the weekends, those are the times where I actually host another person where I'm helping him incubate a new business that does cell phone repair called Lifeline Rescue, and that's Jeremy Jones. He's in there usually Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Those are the days that I'm home with my family. So I have my set schedules, and you kind of have to uh, force yourself to allocate the time away from the, the idea of work because, I mean, you you can't take the money with you in the end, and if you work your entire life away without being with your family and uh, spending quality time with them, it makes all that money useless anyway. So, right, right. As far as that scheduling, that's the, uh, the the most important portion of it. Right. Okay, Chris. We have another caller. Uh, I'm going to patch them in. Uh, okay, caller, you are on the line with Chris Abbott, Hagerstown's most interesting man. What say you? Hey, Chris, this is Joe. How you doing this evening, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? You know, you guys got on the Second Amendment and the uh, and our new governor, and, you know, it gets me going. You know, first of all, by electing a Republican uh, governor, nothing's going to change in the state because... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Change... This is Joe. Yeah, what's up, brother? This, this, all right, hey, Ryan, right here, this guy is a patriot. Served okay. his country, a uh, Purple Heart winner. This guy, thank you for your Joe service. Demon is an amazing character, and I, yeah, I want to thank him for his service. Yeah. So, anyway, no problem, guys. Hey, no problem. Um, it's simply the, by changing the, the guy down in Annapolis, we're not changing anything. Um, if you want to fix the state, especially, I'm a member and the founder of a group called Free West Maryland, 
where we believe in breaking up the five western counties and breaking into a new state. Because basically all we're doing by changing the governor and making an R in charge is rotating the deck chairs in the Titanic until we start really addressing the major issues in the state of Maryland, which are high taxes, the inability for the western counties to get a say-so in enacting the laws and such that make this state. Um, you're never going to fix any problems because you still control, the Democrats still control both sides of the House. Not that Joe, I believe that either of the two parties are any good. Joe, yes, this is Ryan Miner uh, with a minor detail. Thanks for calling in. Stay on the line. And But I want to address a point that you made, and I understand that your frustrations with both political parties, and I think that there is a valid uh, reason to say that you know you don't believe things are going to change. But I just want to read off a few bullet points regarding our new budget uh, that our new governor, Governor Larry Hogan, has released. So we have $750 million in spending cuts, and as you are probably aware, Governor O'Malley left our economy in the state of Maryland, our financial, our financial system, in complete and utter disaster. So our new budget, uh, Governor Hogan will be cutting $200 million in Medicaid cuts. There's going to be a 2% cost of living adjustment in January. $290 million will be, set, will be sent for school construction. Uh, construction. Um, state agencies will be receive a 2% cut across the board. Uh, education will be cut in uh, Montgomery County and uh, Prince George's County in Baltimore City. And this governor had to take out the scalpel and, you know, literally cut out chunks of our state budget in order to get this back under control because, as you said earlier, we have a massive spending problem in the state of Maryland. And not to get too political, but what else do you think we can do, this administration can do, Joe, Chris, and anybody else is on the line, to rein in our financial system? First of all, I, I do have to answer this problem. We, first of all, according to the state of Maryland, we can simply by the, the state is basically three different groups of people. The Western Maryland group, we think a certain way. We have the central area, which is your D.C., Baltimore area, which controls the entire state. They believe in, and believe in a certain way and think a certain way. And then you have the eastern shore. The funny point of the whole situation is that we have the Free Western Maryland group that I, that I fund and I go along with that is trying to break off. But the part that we don't talk about is the eastern shore also has a group trying to do the exact same thing because they do not feel that they're represented. So you brought up an interesting question about what can we do with the taxes. Well, I'll take it back to one step. You talked about the schools. Well, why do we want a Annapolis making decisions what is best for our students and our children in our county? Shouldn't you believe that should be down to the most local level there is? I do. So, and I ran on the board so – when I ran for the Washington County Board of Education, my key component of my campaign was returning local control back into the hands of parents, administrators, and teachers where we in Washington County – let me give you an example, prime example. And this is something where I do disagree with our new governor. Uh, our new governor, Larry Hogan, and our state comptroller, Peter Francho – is now down in Annapolis, and they are telling people that they support a plan that would move uh, the school calendar, that would change the start school date to after Labor Day. Well, my my question to uh, our state leaders is, why do you think that you should be making that decision when we know in Washington County when what is best for our school calendar? 
I don't want the state making decisions for my for me and our education system. I mean, obviously there's state funding, uh, there's mandates, but fundamentally, local control rests in our own board of education, rests with our parents, rests with our administrators, and most importantly, here our teachers. We should be making well, decisions locally. Why should we? Allow I've actually had to take. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. You go ahead. You, you first. Well, based off of education, that's where it all starts. So as far as our children, uh, putting that effort and money into them and then localizing the uh, capabilities of the the local demographic people to decide what they want to learn and how they want to learn it. I mean, we do have that, but it's only for select few that can afford it. Um, I, I actually wanted to take fun out of that type of circumstance there. And I put them into a Montessori Academy up in uh, Chambersburg. Best decision I've made, bar none. Well, I actually can't take the the credit. His mom, the best decision she made uh, for the family, bar none, uh, for his his uh, educational choices. So I kind of removed myself from that just because of those issues. Okay, Chris. Go ahead. I'm sorry. For somebody like me who looks at the school systems in America, because you have a bureaucratic federal government putting their input into it, then you have a bureaucratic state government putting their input into it with all the standardized tests. For me, Chris, you know that me and my wife just had our first child. So for us, our daughter is going to attend the Montessori school in Chambersburg, too. We've already made a commitment. We've already made a commitment. We've already... uh, are willing to make the financial cost to do so. But think about it, sir, that our school systems are so bad because we got bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. and Indianapolis making decisions which is based uh, for our children in our counties, and somehow you be- we believe that they're going to make a better decision than what we can as in our county. And that is a tap. You, you that is a... Yeah, that is a very palpable feeling. I want to swing our conversation back to Chris. We had a long conversation tonight about Chris Abbott, who the person is, and what uh, his mystique online, his social media persona. Uh, Chris, can you tell us, can you give the audience just a little bit deeper picture into who you are, where you come from, and and, and consider what do you really want people to know about Chris Abbott, my tech, internet extraordinaire, viral marketeer, public opiner, and sometimes chief adversarial uh, agent to the Hagerstown City Council? Well, all the stuff you're looking at and talking about there is, it's wrapped up into my job. Um, So my family expects me to bring home the bacon. I have to figure out a way to do that. And if uh, the social media platforms are present, that's my main outlet to be able to target uh, my people that could be potential um, customers. So keeping them entertained is one way to be able to uh, engage a public to be able to let them know that you have a business logo as well as provide a service for them uh, that's top-notch. So if you'll notice, I have a uh, Facebook page that's uh, facebook.com forward slash mytech. If you look at that page there, that's nothing but positive reviews over and over and over and over. Good engagements with people, good business, and that's a byproduct of all the other crap that I do. So as far as all that stuff, including the social media platform and the trolling and the, the fun topics and, and all that junk, that's that's work. Um, so as far as myself, I'm just like a basic daddy. You know what I mean? It's got my wife that I love, got my little kid 10 years old now that I'm raising. 
playing soccer, basketball, lacrosse, all the good stuff there. Those are the things that I have uh, that I take pride in. So when you see me doing something on Facebook, technically that's just so I can maintain my family and uh, and their comforts. So I, as far I, as I, me, yeah. I'm just a daddy. Chris, that is a great story. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Right, can I add one more point here? We're talking yeah, about sure. Chris here. Um, you know, we talk about all the funny things and all the, the stuff he does on Facebook, but the one thing you don't know about Chris, and Chris doesn't bring up, and he doesn't like people really to know, is all the good deeds that he does every day um, that he just does out of the gracious of his heart. There's a, uh, an older gentleman, who's a teen, I want to say probably in his mid-40s, who is mentally retarded. Um, he got beat up and had his bike sold. And Chris, he comes by and says hello to Chris every day. So Chris heard about the story. So the next day, this young man comes walking by. What does Chris have in the store waiting for him? A brand-new bicycle for this kid. You know, he's had older people come in the store with the computers busted that they use to communicate with, and they can't afford to fix it. And he fixes it for free on his dime. And he doesn't do that for anybody but for his own his own self-worth. So yeah. that's the stuff that no one gets to know about Chris. Chris is a yeah. really, really good dude, and he, he really is. does care about what he does. Well, and you know what? I got to know Chris well uh, throughout my campaign. He was one of my biggest supporters. He allowed me to use his... Uh, prime real estate in front of his uh, office to display one of my signs. And I have kudos, major kudos to Chris. I consider him a lifelong friend and somebody who does extraordinarily good for the city of Hagerstown and whose opinions matter that people listen to him. He has a following. And I. the purpose of this radio program this evening was to give people a deeper insight into who Chris is, why he... Why, where, where he's come from, his humble background, and you know how he puts food on the table, and to break it down, that his family is his biggest priority, his most important, pre- precious asset to him. Chris, we have 17 seconds left. Final word. 17 seconds left. Uh, last thing I want to leave with is everything that I've learned. Uh, from my social perspective as well as my care and my responsibility to my family was all from my father. So Hunter Abbott is the best dad on the face of the earth. Just wanted to name drop him there. Thank you. And tell him I love him. All right, Chris. Thank you so much. This is another episode of A Minor Detail. Have a wonderful evening.